Welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught. It's me, Lynn, and him, Ali, and we're here to discuss documents as a whole. Yes. Ali. We are composing our thoughts and writing them down for posterity. Yeah. And then speaking them out loud. Yes. Into these microphones. It's a very detailed description of the process. But, it's, <laughs> but clarity is important. So, yeah, we I have agree. some questions for determining the... Questions? Okay, so the first question is, what, Lynn, is your favourite song on this album? Uh, I thought I knew and then I second-guessed myself, but I'm going so to have to go with my first instinctual choice. Which is disturbance at the Heron House. Aha! I am kind of kind of struggling to 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 nail it down, but yeah, I feel like it's very it's a very competitive field as usual. I think maybe just off the top of my head, I'm going to go with Oddfellows Local One Five One. Nice, even though it is a dark dark song. <laughs> Struggled, I think, more with this album mm. than I have with any other because I think there's maybe three or four songs that I could have named and felt all right with it. Mm, okay, so what are the... Also, the uh, nearly... I would second... So, Disturbance of the Heron House, obviously, uh, covered that. I would second your suggestion of Oddfell's Local 151. I would put King of Birds up there, maybe? Yeah, I have to say, that was that's kind of like a dark horse, like, kind of <laughs> candidate. It's like, it wasn't one that I remembered from just knowing this album, from having it way back, but... Just listening, you know, as a more mature person. <laughs> so yeah, definitely those. I would also want Welcome to the Occupation in this conversation. Interesting. I was might even going to sneak in Finest Work Song getting in there a little bit. Yeah, I, fe- I feel like Finest Work Song musically is very good. I'm kind of less... I Maybe I'm just not remembering them very well, but like the lyrics grabbed me less or yeah. I don't remember them as much. But yeah, and for a similar reason, even though I really like it musically, uh, I, that's kind of why I excluded, uh, what was it? The funky one, the funk rock one. Lightning, Lightning Hopkins. Hopkins. We just talked about it. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, very strong field and like, yeah, hard to decide. But it is, a, it is a, an album stuffed full of quality. So, which moving on from the sublime to the possibly ridiculous, <laughs> we've got least favorite song, Lynn. Strange. They should stop doing covers. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to go well for them, does it? I uh, I also have Strange as that. But I feel like I almost feel like that's a cop out because it's not their song. I mean, they chose exactly. to put it on their album. I felt the same, but then I got to thinking which of the other songs. And it's also it's also like it's not a case of like stop choosing bad songs to cover because like I've listened to the original and it's quite interesting and it's not like the version that they do is bad. It's just it's just a bit like eh. It just feels like REM trying to do like a slightly half-hearted impression of the Ramones, which I mean nothing wrong with the Ramones. It's just like they're their own thing and REM should stop yeah. pretending to be them or even. Like, and we had Superman on the last album, which was similar fine. Issue. Exactly. But like last album, we did kind of say that we can't really choose it because it's a cover, so I have to choose something else, and then I don't really know what to choose. It's really hard. It's really, really hard. Because there's, there's not, like, an obvious, like, hey, look at me, I'm a crap song. No, not at all. Pick me for the wooden spoon. And then my initial thought was Fireplace, because it's weird, and there's a lot of saxophone, and I'm not sure that that has aged very That's well. Discriminat- That's discriminatory against saxophone, Lynn. 
Take it back. I like I like saxophone in itself. Well, I just then. don't know whether it's aged particularly well in this context. <laughs> but yeah. then I'm like, actually, it's a pretty interesting song, and I kind of like it. Yeah, it does does add some add some. And texture. then I'm like, I don't know, is Welcome to the Occupation two on the nose? Maybe Exhuming McCarthy. Maybe yeah. suffers from the same problem as Welcome to the Occupation, and maybe that's not something I'm super into. But they're all kind of great in their own way yeah that's that's <laughs> really difficult that's the thing. really I was really difficult similarly really really scrabbling for like what would be if we exclude strange for the reasons we've discussed what, yeah yeah what even is like the worst actual rem original and i, I was again fireplace seemed like a, a likely candidate mm. just for being a bit of the odd one out but I think I landed on at least musically. I like probably liked it least, but um, assuming McCarthy, I just like I, I like it lyrically, and I, I even like some of the musical stuff. I just mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just I, I don't know. The music feels like it's trying slightly too hard. Yeah. Um, I think if I had to choose one that wasn't strange, it would be Exume McCarthy. Like you almost Exuma McCartney. <laughs> it's like, no, he's one of the ones who's still alive. He's still alive, apparently. At least at the time of the recording. Yes, unless you believe the. I think we might have mentioned it on a previous episode, like the relatively mm-hmm. benign conspiracy that. Uh, I mean, not benign for him, but like you know, in the scheme of conspiracy theories, like likely to do less harm in the wider world. The one where you know Paul McCartney supposedly died and was replaced by a doppelganger. Uh, like, someone should make that movie. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, next question. So, too. yes. Next question would be, do you have a favourite musical moment? A favourite musical moment? I think you've written moments in this bit that I've copied. Oh, down, so I might right, right, right. Sorry. Uh, but I love the rounds section in King of Birds. I think it's great. It is cool. Even though, we, like you said in our King of Birds episode, only one bit is really a round and then it becomes a fake round. Those tricksters. I love the catharsis of the fire line and the one I love. Mm. And the associated kind of background music within that bit is really great. Mm. And I think there are a ton of great intros on this. It's like a great intros album. Welcome to Occupation has a great intro. King of Birds, Oliver's Local 151. I think Find This Work song has a pretty great intro. Yeah, so many, so many, so many of the tracks. Like, in this attention like, grabbing, like, hey, this yeah. is another song and it's going to be great. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, okay, so my uh, my favourite musical moments candidates, uh, I didn't mention it when we were actually discussing the track, but in lightning hopkins it does mm-hmm. the like reintro thing where it goes back to the the drum thing that yeah. thing um and then it has like this split second of silence before the band like crashes back in and it's just like mm-hmm. that little tiny like mo- micro moment of tension before and it's it's kind of like almost like in hindsight when you know the song you enjoy it yeah. more because it's kind of like song's going to crash back in and it's just yeah they just hold it perfectly and it's you know it it just kind of illustrates the whole like musical musicians thing of like well silence is also a part Mm -hmm. of music and it just yeah it really really works i enjoy like the kind of thrashy guitar playing at the end of uh, oddfellows local 151 um that i feel like it's slightly cheating but there's there's a lot to be 
there's a lot to enjoy on this on this album. Um, okay, so this is one I I must admit I had quite a lot of difficulty with. It's probably no surprise to regular listeners, but favorite lyric or lyrics or you know the wordy bits. Favorite wordy bits. Favorite wordy bits. <laughs> I'm going to go for the opening of Disturbance at the Heron House because I think it has a great bit of scene setting. Mm. The, the going wild, the call came in, the early morning pre-dawn din, the followers of Chaos Out of Control. Just, oh, just, just such a great kind of little bit of scene setting. That is and objectively so much better than what I've chosen. It's great. And is indeed the correct answer. Oh, thanks. What have you gone for before I uh, I gave you my runners-up? So my much inferior choice is <laughs> is from Welcome to the o- Occupation, which I think I like that. I mean, yes, it is a bit on the nose, as you said, but I do like that lyrically over- overall, like just the, mm-hmm. like the venom and the kind of like righteous fury of it. Mm-hmm. It was very good. But this particular bunch of lines kind of cap- captures that. I think very well. It's like the where we open up the floodgates, freedom reigns supreme, fire on the hemisphere below. It's kind of like just the sort of like the sarcasm and then the kind of like the turn and the reality yeah. of the like the how the how like the rhetoric is being completely betrayed by actions. Mm-hmm. Um I yeah, it's it's some, you know, pretty scorching commentary and I like it. It is pretty great. Another couple of little notes had like the whole of the end of the world as we know it is just I know there's no like individual lyrics that really stand out, but just the flow and the rhythm and it's just fun. It's fun lyrically. Yeah. And just yelling Leonard Bernstein is Yeah. <laughs> um there's just like there's like a joy and a levity to it that there's not on a lot of Jelly Bean songs, Boom. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's, and like, it's what does it fun. Mean? Yeah, everything out of nothing. Yeah, and just like the panache of the delivery, like making that yeah. absolute word salad sound quite compelling. Absolutely, uh, and managing to get those things to fit within that that, that rhythm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, it's kind of like the like a miraculous job of packing a huge amount of words into quite a small suitcase. Um, and the other, the other note I have is uh, I quite enjoyed the list of things that keep getting flung into the fireplace on fireplace, <laughs> uh, which I guess is not really purely a lyrical thing, but that was quite enjoyable. It's, you know, an entertaining image. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Right. So last question then is, oh, I guess, yeah, last last two questions, but they're kind of related. But yeah. uh, firstly, how does it compare with its predecessor, Life's Rich Pageant? Uh it feels a bit more varied than Life's Rich Pageant. Mm. It feels a little more... I was going to say, I've written commercial, but I think perhaps what I mean by that is bigger, <laughs> musically, I guess. That, of course, this is the first album. I think the first album was produced by Scott Litt. I think, I think that's so right. That may yeah. well be a big part of it. Um, it feels a little more... I, I guess on the same lines, it feels a little more complete, maybe, than Life's Rich Pageant. I don't know. Maybe Life's Rich Pageant hangs together more thematically or musically. I don't know. Who knows? They both have an annoying cover version on. <laughs> yep. So there's that. Um, and it is lacking Koyahoga. Yeah. Which that remains is, one of my favourite songs. So. That is definitely a, a strike against it. What are you going to do? But yeah. Um, yeah, I think overall I probably enjoyed it more as as an overall experience. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's more consistent. 
Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, even though it has little bits of weirdness, like the random cover that isn't very good, um, (laughs) I mean, it doesn't have... Like, I do quite enjoy life's rich pageants weirdness yeah, and it's thematically appropriate <laughs> it mm-hmm. would be it would be kind of for like uh, slightly trolling to to release a, <laughs> an, a, an album of very samey sounding songs and call it life rich life's rich pageant but uh trolling wasn't a thing in the 80s so they couldn't do it although they do have a time machine as we have established over the course of this That's album true. i think it's i don't even know how to say better yeah yeah better is a funny word but I almost feel like the best songs, Life's Rich Pageant, are possibly better than the best songs on this album. Mm-hmm. But this one has, as I've already said, has that consistency. Yeah. I, it's, it's kind of interesting. Maybe I'm just misremembering the previous album, but this feels like the lyrically it's a bit more pointed and a bit more specific. Mm-hmm. Um, like Because we discussed, especially early on in the album, like the kind of political undertones and the fact that they're being a bit more like frank and like yeah it's pretty obvious what we're alluding to here Mm -hmm. so that's that's a difference maybe but yeah and then the related question would be like where does it rank in terms of all of the albums so far so tricky it's definitely up there the problem is that i never go back to the previous one uh overview to see how i ranked them previously (laughs) so i'm probably wildly inconsistent I think I'd still put Reckoning first, my my list so far. Your but leaderboard. Yeah, if I had to. But then maybe this? I think maybe this. Yeah, I'm really, <laughs> really struggling because I've, <laughs> I've just said it's more consistent than, than Life Switch Pad. That's okay, you can put another one there, it doesn't matter. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely one where I can kind of see, like, I can see why this is this is the album when they started to get big and i don't know whether that's like a conscious decision on their part that like we're going to try and attract a bigger audience or whether it's just i don't know the zeitgeist at the time was more yeah i don't know like i i i think in some ways like i sort of churlishly want to like mark it down slightly for having a broader appeal than some of the more like some of the weirder earlier albums i, understand but I feel that like that's certainly. i feel like that's a, that's stupid and i should probably like be more mature than that because i'd say it's definitely got more really great songs than say murmur but i like murmurs just like kind of weirdness i yeah i mean this is it's not like this is super super mainstream i guess it's just like nodding a bit more in that direction certainly with the production yeah like you say definitely with the production there's a certain like richness to the sound that i'm not sure was always present on previous albums and Mm. i didn't know how much of that was like an artistic choice and how much of that is just the production yeah the... record company fl- throwing a bit more money at them yeah exactly so yeah it's interesting but uh, and of course this is the last one on the smaller label mm, right right yeah yes this this almost sounds like it should be on a bigger label though yeah it kind of surprised me it's definitely got that feeling it's got that feeling a little more of later bigger label albums mm. but on a smaller label yeah I think we should throw this over to the listeners. Like, tell us, what yeah, do you absolutely. think? How does this rank up there with the in the REM pantheon? <laughs> that was a pretentious way of putting it. <laughs> <laughs> in Athens. Yes. Oh! No, that, was the, that was the Parthenon, wasn't it? Not the pantheon, but never mind. Uh, yeah, I want to say pantheons in Rome. I've, 
It's fine. It, it, it was it <laughs> Close was enough. it was a good I'm try. It's you know the Greco in. the Greco Roman exactly. world. They all wore sure. they all wore togas, right? I think togas all the way down, as they still do in Georgia. I understand. <laughs> I was going to say, not all the way down. That's not how togas work. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, some of the way down and then, you know, just bare legs because they have nice weather there. Must must be nice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Said without any resentment as we sit in February in the damp and cold. So next time we will be moving on to Green and to, of course, Pop Song 89, which is helpful in reminding me what year that album came out. <laughs> It would be really confusing if they call it a different thing. It's like Pop Song 83, and you're like, I'm so confused about this album order. Pop Song <laughs> 1965. <laughs> but at least then you're like, oh, it definitely didn't come out in 65, so it'll be all right. Pop Song 1066. It's all about... <laughs> uh, it's all whatever instruments they had in 1066. Harold Goodwineson. Fifes. Did they have fifes then? I don't know. I don't know what they had in 1066. Drums. They probably had drums. We'll be using drums. I was going to say, like, drums are probably, I would imagine, would be the <laughs> first musical instrument. But anyway. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, me How'd too. How do you feel about it, Ali? You excited to be moving on to this major label? I nonsense? am excited. Yes. The, I'm ready to embrace the big record label money. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll see you next time for that. Um, join us. Join us. <laughs> and thanks for listening to this nonsense so far. Yes, we appreciate you very much. We do. Take care, everyone. Bye bye. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On. GDGC podcast at gmail.com. Let's try that again.